Hi, I want to start this episode with an announcement about an old project that has become new. Uh, I mentioned sometimes that I play and talk about horror games. Um, and if you want to read my articles and watch videos about horror games, retrospectives and such, go to hexcrank.com. It's kind of a relaunch slash revival. Hexcrank.com to see a couple of new retrospectives each month. On with the show. Welcome to Radio Free Midworld, the podcast about the Dark Tower series of books by Stephen King. My name is Cole Ross, and I'm your host. And today I am joined by Evan Thorne. Hey, Evan. Hey, Cole. Hey, welcome to the end of this book. It has gone by so quickly. Yeah. I mean, we're we're closing in on the end of the series, which is that happened pretty quickly too. <laughs> Time flies. It definitely does. No, next year is 2019 and uh because coincidence is canceled, that is also when the show is going to end and I will be sad because these are fun to talk about. Yeah, unless unless we get another Dark Tower movie. We're well, not going to get another Dark Tower movie. That's no. absolutely not going to happen. It's never going to happen. I, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm doubtful that we're. Uh, who knows? Castle Rock is doing really well. Uh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're, if they're going to uh, uh, even do the TV series. Oh well, but yeah, uh, what might have been? <laughs> what might have been? Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're, you're on here yeah. for the end of this. Obviously, you yeah, uh, you wanted to call let's dib- talk about some fucking wolves. <laughs> you, you wanted to call dibs on the action. Um. <laughs> yeah, I um I I actually haven't read this. I just am a I'm I'm a big dog enthusiast, and this mm. seemed like the good good section to jump in. So you, you, you're, you're a big dog enthusiast. I'm a big dog enthusiast. You know, those sassy t-shirts that big dudes wear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, that's, was that that's what you your, meant to signature clothing line. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one time on laundry day, I was walking around with a, with an enormous Johnson shirt and people said, wait a minute, who, who is that guy? <laughs> Who's that standing right there? No, it's Cole. He's not wearing his big dog shirt though. It really threw people off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really love the, uh, the duck feed line of big dog gear. Uh, it's very, very tasteful. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very tasteful yet. You can see everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they are just, they are just clear garbage bags. Yeah. Water repellent though. Um, so <laughs> last episode, uh, we talked about the first part of the, uh, the sub book in this book, the wolves where um, things kind of split in half. We had Eddie returning to New York to check on the Rose and also uh, try and slap a little bit of sense into Calvin Tower, uh, (laughs) who uh, probably would have got himself and everything he owns and the lot set on fire uh, if Eddie didn't, you know, scare him away and save his life, save his life, save his life tonight. Um, Also... (laughs) Jake followed uh, the elder Ben Slightman and Andy across the river to a place called the Dogen, where he learns for sure that uh, Ben Slightman, the elder, is working with Andy and uh, helping to coordinate the attack uh, of the wolves. Uh, but it's kind of tisk, against Tisk. Yeah, it's kind of against his will. That's what he would have you believe anyway, uh, because yeah. be- because his his kid, the younger Benny. 
uh, is a twin whose sister died. You were going to say something yeah. there. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know that I was. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's sad news for Jake. He's uh, he's he's conflicted about it. Uh, but this takes us into uh, a chapter called the Pied Piper. Uh, just in case you didn't think Andy, the messenger robot, many other functions was uh, concerning enough. Um, so we've got four days. Yeah, if if you just in case you weren't completely positive that that motherfucker was up to no good. Yeah, the the, the seemingly benevolent robot. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the aggressively friendly robot yeah those are never bad news never ever bad news yeah yeah uh, me, me, me thinks he horoscope too much um <laughs> but they've got i don't know i don't know if this has come up before uh just a random thought uh that that i had i can't remember the the name of the robot that you meet at the very beginning of fallout new vegas oh do you man. know what i'm talking about yeah, because yeah. i because in my head i always just think of him as andy <laughs> like See, like as soon as as soon as i like walk out of the house and encounter that road it's like oh it's andy yeah you're talking and about then, the, the cowboy robot right yeah 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 um that's, that is literally exactly how i picture andy even though i know that that's not how he's exactly described but yeah he doesn't do the um, howdy pard yeah and uh <laughs> to the best of my knowledge that one doesn't turn you unless you shoot him first he's in which case it's not so much evil as you shot him <laughs> it's it's more it's more self-protection he, he he is working he's an agent of 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 mr house um and so that is you know it depends things are ambiguous except except for kaiser's legion most things in new vegas are ambiguous so yeah e evil's kind of relative in fallout as a rule except when it's like cartoonishly so yeah yeah except for megaton etc yeah <laughs> Man, um, fallout games are fun i like those games um yeah you, you should do a podcast where you talk about video games like that i know right uh you know let's just let's just do it here uh in the, in the okay, dark tower that's a good idea yeah, let's do that I, I think that that'll I, I think that the people that tune into this will definitely not have heard your thoughts on the fallout games elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I have very surprising opinions about the fallout games though. I have so few opinions about the fallout games. I think they're real cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're fun. Play them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get, 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 get over the, uh, the, the friction of the old interface, go back and play fallout one and two. They're good. I like two better, but mm -hmm. both of them are fun. Um, so anyway, uh, we've got four, yeah. four days left until the meeting where we decide what we're going to do and nine days left until the wolves uh, arrive. The Kotat has another one of their little catch up sessions. They debrief each other um, and Jake begs Roland not to kill Ben Slightman. Jake uh, is not sure what he wants to do about the turncoat uh, living amongst the, uh, the, 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 the Kala, but he doesn't want Benny to suffer adversely for it. Yeah, which is that's a very Jake sort of interaction. Yeah, it's fun to see Jake asserting himself. I mean, he did he did that earlier in the book, um, uh, especially around when oh gosh, when did he do it? Uh, when 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 Jake found out about Susanna being in a family way, um, yeah, and kind of forced no. Roland into a decision about it. I, I feel like this um, 
after we kind of get to know uh, Elaine and Cuthbert in Wizarding Glass, I feel like the parallels between Eddie and Cuthbert are screamingly obvious, but I feel like this is where we kind of start to see uh, the similarities between Jake and Elaine. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, especially with the strength and the touch, right? Yeah. Yeah, like the, 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 the touch has always kind of been there and you kind of get that sense, but like you you really start to get a sense of, of Jake Steele in, in this book. And especially after, um, especially after knowing more about Elaine as a character, mm-hmm. um, from, from wizard and glass and also from like just hearing Roland talk about it and went through the keyhole, mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, this is, I, I, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> it is, it, it, it is very clear. Just the, 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 uh, the sheer one-to-oneness of Eddie to Cuthbert, uh, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, outshines that, out, outshines the comparison. Uh, it, it makes it hard yeah. to pin down. Yeah. Yeah. But th- this is the point where it catches up. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but while they're doing this, uh, what passes by, but a horrible, uh, parade <laughs> of ill omen. Andy is leading the kids like a parade marshal. Um, doing kind of a call and response Kamala song, um, like a like a Pied Piper, if you will. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see see the chapter of this uh, or the the title of this chapter. Uh, just more and more verses of the Rice song. Um, Andy has got to go because you know, <laughs> and it's not it's not very subtle on King's part, like showing these kids blindly following along. <laughs> to this. Yeah, yeah. This this is also. As as much as I like about this book and the the back half of the series, this is definitely where the writing kind of it's it's hard to ignore how on the nose a lot of it is. Yeah, yeah, you you, you can tell. I mean, at least I I, I can. I won't speak for you. It, it's pretty apparent that um, King knows where he wants to go and he's in a hurry to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an economy to it, but there's also a little bit less of uh, a little bit less of the just kind of like a weird, weird diverticula that, that lead to nowhere or just details that are not uh, details that don't necessarily work toward the overall picture he's trying to paint. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they say, yeah, Andy's got to go. Uh, Callahan, it's his turn to, to, you know, to take the trip back to New York, uh, to get the zip code off of the fence so they can figure out where Calvin and, uh, and deep now went, uh, when they come back, it is no surprise to find out that Calvin's store is burned down. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely saw that coming. Yeah. Balazar's men do not fuck around and like the, (laughs) Also, they they're not very good at plausible deniability because the place reeks of gasoline too. Yeah, it is um, unsubtle. I would say. <laughs> yep. They don't have the light touch. They don't have the, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the they don't have the personal feel of hired goons. <laughs> but uh, Callahan, he gets his first real experience with the Rose in Keystone Earth. He gets to go to the lot. Um, and he, it says in the book that like, he understands a lot more about the content having experienced what they're trying to save, right? He hears the, hears the singing. He's got the, uh, the positive vibes. He has a conversation about acne with a hippie cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about that. Every, like that part, 
genuinely surprises me every single time because it doesn't make any sense. It's the, it's the power of the light. Like the, but, he's he's the, the, it, he's wandering next to the benevolent center of the universe. Um, yeah, like it, it doesn't it, even realize it, it doesn't make any sense. But it also isn't like it's not nonsensical. Mm-hmm. Like it it fits. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I just like that. There's a hippie cowboy. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's 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 a it's a fun section. I like it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, <laughs> So meanwhile, Roland's back in the uh, is is back in the cave, suffering, hearing the chimes, cramming more bullets into his ears. Callahan says, "Just give me like thirty more minutes. I'm going to go to the library, get the zip code." Uh, and while this is happening, Roland thumbs through Calvin Tower's books and finds something we're not going to see until the epilogue of this. Uh, he finds a book with a silhouette of a church on the cover that is uh, uh, going to be a big deal for the next uh, the next two books. Uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> Things yeah, are gonna get, I was... gonna get further. Nineteen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the uh, the zip code points to a town called East Stoneham, Maine, um, and mm-hmm. that takes us to the meeting of the Falcon. This is where all of the politicking and glad handing and palaver uh, is hopefully going to pay off. Uh, we also get uh, another another nice little cameo from uh, our friend Bango Skank. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He's got the uh uh we got Bango Skank doing doing some uh, graffiti in the public restroom. God, I can't wait to talk about what like what Bango Skank is up to. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um what do you think about this uh about about this final uh this final bit of politics here in the uh, in, in in the town hall? I mean, it's it's one of those sections where there's it feels like a lot happens, but if you step back and look at what is different before the palaver and after a a lot transpires, but not that much happens. And it's absolutely part of Roland's plan for sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like their answer, whether or not they would accept the help is it's moot. Right. Roland yeah, has yeah. already said, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, the, if they want to come along, they can, if they don't, then whatever, you know, this is, this is just what, what, what gunslingers do. What yeah. I think is great and, about this is it demonstrates Roland's bullshitting ability. Like yes. this whole chat, th- this whole book has been about Roland, the, the diplomatic side of Roland's role as a gunslinger. This is kind of like the black hat side of that, like the dirty tricks you have to do to do good. Yes. Um, and I, I think that what I what I really like about this is this is yet another example of where Roland seems very not in a pejorative way, but very simple. Mm-hmm. And by his own account, he absolutely is. <laughs> but it's the difference between being simple and being slow or stupid. Yeah. He's he, because Roland knows exactly what he wants to accomplish and exactly how to make it happen and he's just as good with people as he is with bullets or whatever else he's working with. Yeah. It's he's simple and he's simple in ter- in terms of being direct, not simple in terms of being dim. Right. So simple in terms of not complicating things unnecessarily. Yeah. And and I love any scene where we get to see 
just Roland doing work. <laughs> we get to see we get we get to see him in his element, kind of. You know, because yeah. you know he's he he also like as the day approaches, he's you know, he we 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 learn a little bit more about his relationship with violence. He says. You know, like the, the his his line that he says a couple of times here is, you know, it's always five minutes. You know, like the like all like all of this leads up to the same five minutes over and over again, and I get sicker every time. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, so even though he is very yeah. much a killing machine, like that isn't necessarily where he thrives. Right, and and. and like like you said, also like like there's there's an an honesty and an earnestness to Roland that we see in this scene, but also just he's so good at bullshit. <laughs> so the main piece of, of bullshit that he serves up, um, you know, he talks about um, saying like, hey, we talked to Jamie Jaffords. We talked to Grandpa there, guy who's, you know, saw one of these wolves um, in person. We, we totally away. we totally know what they are. Yes, we totally know what they are. We've actually encountered them in the past, you know, back in back in Lud or some shit. Uh, they are what Eddie calls zombies. They're neither dead nor alive. Um, and the only thing, the only way to kill them is to aim at their chests because there is some kind of gill that they breathe through that they cannot armor um, anywhere else. And so, you know, <laughs> just your just your basic zombie. Yeah. You know, with with. <laughs> With the chest gills, <laughs> right? It, it, it just just like in every in every video game and movie about just, zombies, just like in Fallout. <laughs> exactly, you got ghouls. Oh no, I got ghoul gills. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I I really I I really want you to just start signing all of your emails, Cole Ghoul Gills Ross. <laughs> yep. Not even like in not even in uh, quotes in the middle like it's a nickname. No, like that's just it's fucked up. It's a oh, I was thinking in quotes like it's a nickname, but don't refer to it anywhere except in your email signature. Oh, shit. Yeah, hmm, that might be a good a uh, good spooky Halloween name. It's hard it, it, with a name <laughs> with a name as short as mine is. It's really hard to come yeah. up with Hall like Halloween Twitter names. That might be a way to go. Actually, yeah, damn. Damn that Gary Butterfield. <laughs> he has so many options, so many syllables to work with. I'm sitting I over keep, here. I, I, I'm, I love uh, Gory Battlefield. Like, mm -hmm. that's extremely good. I keep hoping, and I know that he's not going to, but I keep hoping he's going to go for Scary Bonerfield. <laughs> I, th I think uh, one of the one of the first ones he did. Gary uh, co-host on other other shows. If you're not aware, um, I think one of the first ones he did was Scary Murderfield. Um, that's. Yeah, <laughs> but scary Bonerfield I, is. Good. I think I remember seeing scary Murderfield and wishing that it was scary Bonerfield, and that's <laughs> it. Just has stuck. Just a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra English on the ball. <laughs> um, the reason Roland is on the uh, on the on the balls. <laughs> yep. Oh, ha oh, oh. ha! The, Big the, dogs. <laughs> the reason that Roland is lying about this is uh, really to just hoodwink uh, the elder Ben Slightman uh, to yeah, do yeah, a little bit of like counterintelligence. He is, he is feeding false information to the entire town uh, just to, just to throw Slightman off so that he basically so that he doesn't have to kill him. Mm -hmm. And after he tells the town about these, Gilgul zombies. <laughs> he 
tells Slightman that he was lying to the town and gives Slightman a second <laughs> different line of bullshit. Yeah. And tells tells him that the the location that he gave the town is not where the children are actually being held. Yeah. Um but they're actually being held in a second location and the second location is also fake. <laughs> yep. He he and is just, just completely managing oh. their confidence. Or it is, it Ben's, is uh, very, very good. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> well, they, they also do something really similar with Andy. Like you would think they would be able to see through it, you know. If not, if not Slightman, then at least Andy, right? But like, they, but you... both of them are so complacent about this because this is the way yeah. it's always been. We've never, we've never fought back. I think the reason Roland has been able to fool Andy is because Andy just cannot conceive that anyone could possibly figure it out mm -hmm. like I, I i think that i and i don't know if that's arrogance i don't know if andy's capable of something like as, as human as arrogance or if it's just that like assuming that he's an artificial intelligence just that he he hasn't ever had a reason to think about that or, or learn about that or prepare for it because it's never come up before. And Roland not only figures out Roland is so good at figuring shit like this out <laughs> that he's able to completely play along with the act and not let on to anyone uh, who's paying attention yeah. that he has figured it out and, and just how much he knows until he basically has a handle on the situation more or less yeah it's straight up stated um i forget when and by who um but andy and the wolves and whoever is behind them they are a desperate because things are getting even more wobbly than they have been in the past but also they've never had a reason to be concerned or if they did it was so long ago i mean andy you know maybe that's where my idea came from is that it's literally explicitly <laughs> stated in the book no it's fine i mean Fuck, i sound like an asshole now cool. <laughs> no, no don't 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 worry about it they, they, <laughs> they, they even say like outright a few times that like what makes them angry about andy's whole demeanor and carriage is that he is smug and complacent um, is, is yeah. that there, there, there is just like a, uh, the, the, the way that he carries himself in conversation is just, you know, it, it, it belies a certain sense of, oh, blaseness that like, yes, I am better than you and I have no reason to work for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's, that's definitely, that's definitely the case. But I, I also think that like, I don't, I, I. I'm torn between feeling like maybe there was a time in the past where Andy would have been smarter and more capable of, mm -hmm. of continuing to carry this out in the face of resistance yeah. and feeling like this is just kind of how Andy has always been. And the, like the, the urgency might have increased recently as you know, the world moves on, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like, I feel like Roland really is the first person to come along who's been able to do anything even approaching fighting back. Yeah. If we're looking for analogs of how technology or AIs or robots, whatever ages in this world, look to Blaine 
you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the way that these are constructed, it is done in such a way that they can go insane, that they, yeah. that, that, that they can grow even more human in a very self-destructive way where yeah. obsessions in the case of Blaine, um, or, you know, laziness in the case of Andy more often than not, yeah. but you know, laziness and contempt, or, um, or even, even sickness in the case of Shardick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like, de- like de- depression in the case of, in the case of Patricia. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's one of my favorite, uh, handlings of robot intelligence in all of fiction because it's so ambiguous and it's so open-ended <laughs> and you don't have any real way of knowing whether 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 the the insanity is a result of the world moving on <laughs> or if it's just a crazy fucking robot yeah <laughs> um it's pretty and good this, and 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 that's that kind of that kind of ambiguity even even though so much of the storytelling and so much of the the symbolism uh in uh this book and the next two is is kind of sometimes painfully on the nose like the the things that are left ambiguous mm-hmm. are so interesting yeah yeah we're we're, we're the andy isn't the last machine we're going to see no no <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah you know like 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 we said roland roland uh is playing both of them uh playing into their confidence um and really like the the, the final straw um it's an appeal by the women of the uh of the of the kala um but also roland just kind of lays it out in terms that a farming community would understand he tells the story about this forest that was near gilead where you know just because of forestry for every tree you cut you leave two so the forest will you know grow grow back uh but the second there was a plague they decided okay we're going to cut the entire thing down because it's better to have some wood out of this than none at all as it all rots the wolves because they are desperate are in a similar are in a similar spot right like there <laughs> there is no guarantee even that you will have half of them left over they may just come and take them all yeah and uh that's as as much as Roland hates orating he's very very much a gifted orator as yeah. is shown over and over and over throughout the series he's uh he's persuasive right yeah yeah uh, this takes us into the chapter before the storm. Um, they have the zip code for, uh, for, for, for Calvin up in East Stoneham. Uh, but Callahan goes back and actually gets um, a book of a picture, you know, that they can use to aim basically. So they can think of, yeah. a, 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 and, and of course the, uh, the, 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 what, what they, what they pull back is like a church that looks exactly like the community meeting hall in the Cala because everything is the same as everything. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Of Twin, course, because twins. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I, I might have gotten ahead of myself. I think this is this is where where we see the Bango Skank graffiti. Oh, oh yeah, you mentioned it when he was still in the uh, the New York Public Library, anyway, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't. I I knew that it happened in the library. I couldn't remember if we we saw it before yeah. or after the the meeting, but you know, I'm going to make notes oh. of Bango Skank. Come on. Oh, Bango Skank. <laughs> 
there's another thing that they notice uh, just while they're monkeying around with uh, the bowling bag and Black 13. There's something sewn into the lining of the bag, but this is not addressed or revealed until book sex when that thing ends up being very, very important. Um, yeah. So pay, pay no attention to the thing behind the lining. <laughs> right. Uh, so Callahan, using this picture of the church, goes to Stoneham, goes to East Stoneham. And learns that Calvin, uh, despite the, you know, losing everything, um, and uh, despite the change of location, is still a fucking dipshit. Calvin didn't yep. want to miss out on a deal, <laughs> so he kept general delivery open under his own goddamn name and is just leaving his same car out. <laughs> so Callahan oh, leaves him a letter saying, all right, like, just, just fucking just leave some directions. We'll find you. And for God's sake, don't you ever come to this post office again. Calvin... <laughs> So, uh, we, we, I, go ahead. I, one of, one of my favorite things about this, this scene, like, okay, I, I need to walk back a little bit of my, uh, my criticism of these books, the, 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 this section of the series being on the nose mm -hmm. because, you know, like, yeah, like Calvin tower. You, that that, that was like, from book three though. Like they, like they yeah, had done that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's Calvin, it's, it's Calvin tower. Like. Like the tower, get it? <laughs> He's important. <laughs> like the tower, but yeah. like, I and I, I feel like this is, in a weird way, if and you'll miss it if you're not looking for it. But this is almost the payoff of that entire, <laughs> of that, not not arc, but like that this this character's name, mm -hmm. because as as exasperating as this this scene is and as as much of a fucking dipshit as calvin tower is mm -hmm. um it's it's almost like a parallel between the just the the innocence and then the naivete that is kind of at, at least the ideal of the tower in roland's mind okay like there's there's the the opportunism which is you know like like you said he doesn't want to miss out on on a good deal so mm -hmm. that's the motivation but, but but also like Eddie Eddie had to be pretty firm after fighting off Balazar's guys before <laughs> Calvin would even agree to leave yeah like like there's there's just and, and and he doesn't seem like an innocent character. He seems like a fucking idiot. But <laughs> but I I do feel like there's there's an an innocence underneath it. Like like he doesn't believe that anything bad will actually happen to him. Mm -hmm. And if you look at like the the rose in the vacant lot, like it's it's a very small and insignificant, and it's important, but probably doesn't realize that and it probably has no concept of the amount of danger that it's in. Right. And when we when we see glimpses of the tower like it's just a tower like it's it's not like this fortified incredibly safe defended thing it's it's a tower. Yeah. No matter how powerful or important it is there is no nothing built in it cannot use that power to protect itself yeah and and i i think that the this this sort of aspect of of calvin tower is indicative of 
I, I don't know if it's that the tower can't use its own abilities to protect itself or if the tower has no concept that it would ever need to. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's, that, that's, that's always kind of been my, like, my biggest takeaway from this scene, like Calvin Tower's <laughs> a fucking dipshit, but also there's a reason why he's such a dipshit. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And, and you know, like just uh, Calvin's line is a he's a guardian, right? Um, yeah. in, in, in his own way, going all the way back to the earliest to the earliest days, you know, in Turtle Bay of you know Manhattan, they're set there to guard. And, yeah. you know, kind, maybe kind of like Andy. You know, complacency has set in after so many, so many, so many generations of, you know, things going kind of okay that Calvin has turned that guardianship inward, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he guards his own status quo. He covets his own books, wants to protect them more than anything. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like it, he's, he's got he's got the 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 right instincts and impulses but the the, the direction has gotten lost somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the the aim's wrong yeah <laughs> yeah oh man <laughs> so uh i don't think we so we don't go back again um in, in this book we're going to be spending a lot of time in maine um however uh callahan while he is doing this eddie is having a very hard time uh in doorway cave because black 13 and the voices that rise up uh, from the voice hole, uh, you know, down there in the floor, uh, have convinced Eddie that if he jumps off of the mountain, he can fly to the tower. Um, and Callahan basically just saves him at the very last, very last second before he, before he takes a flying leap out of, out of the, uh, the doorway. I, I, I get that this is supposed to kind of underscore how powerful black 13 is, mm -hmm. but it's, and and this this sounds fucking ridiculous considering everything that we're already just kind of going along with but like this scene has always seemed kind of unrealistic to me yeah yeah of all the people it seems like Eddie would not be the one who would be um who would be susceptible to this yeah that's the thing like i feel like this scene would make sense if it was Jake mhm mm or Susanna this scene would this scene would make maybe maybe Susanna but given given what's going on with Susanna, I, I don't know. Like she's at this point kind of, kind of a wild card. Yeah. Um, but if it was Jager, even if it was Roland, I could see it if it was Roland playing off that, but like Eddie, Eddie hasn't ever been like Eddie, Eddie has criticized Roland for being such a tower junkie. <laughs> and so him being susceptible to that kind of, trickery it it just hasn't ever really worked for me yeah yeah the, the, it, it, it is a good thing to portray the power of black 13 especially in this context because it is oh absolutely yeah. it's it's an extremely like important and significant and notable scene mm -hmm. but i've just i i have just never liked that it's eddie yeah, if it was Callahan, like if the if the rules were reversed and oh, Eddie was in there, yeah, even yeah. just reverse it, it would yeah. be it would absolutely work. But just like literally, Eddie is the one character where <laughs> I have a hard time believing it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think I can go, I can go with you on that. Yeah. But um, so yeah, Callahan 
Callahan saves him at the very last second, and Roland is mildly interested. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, well, that's, isn't that something? Tell me more about how those people in Maine talked. Uh, because yeah. I think I alluded to this before, but uh, the speech patterns of the Kala, the Ayat and Duyas and stuff like that, uh, that is Maine. Like the, the when when you are reading the dialogue of the people from the Kala, picture it in a you know in, in a down east kind of accent. Yeah, which uh, we're we're just we're just gonna follow that even further. Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> as they would say. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, Susanna, uh, meanwhile, things are getting really, really dire for her, even though she is not showing. She does not have, well, I was going to say baby bump, but then I would want to uh, go fly to the tower myself. Um, <laughs> Susanna. Because yeah, that's, ba ba baby bump implies a, a baby. Yeah. And that's, that's not what. That's not what we're signed up for here. No, no. Um, I think in this mm. in this part of the book, it even starts like talking to her too, uh, mm -hmm. psychically. It's pretty bad. Uh, but Susanna's having yeah. contractions, um, and she just kind of begs, like saying, "Like, okay, give me three more days." Uh, maybe understanding, but maybe not understanding that she is making a deal that she is going to be held to even now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So man, <laughs> what that is, there is, there is just so much bad news. So, so much bad news in that situation. <sighs> Poor Susanna. Um, so it's Wolves Eve. Jake and Benny have a tense conversation. It's my, my favorite, my favorite holiday. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you, you just, you, 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 you hang your stockings outside the doghouse. I hang my stockings and I celebrate that soon I will have half as many children to fucking deal with. <laughs> Uh, twins are creepy anyway. Not really. Yeah. yeah. But uh, for, for the purposes of that, uh, for the purposes of that joke. Apologies. Apologies to any twins. That was absolutely a joke. Please do not cancel your Patreon uh, support. Uh, <laughs> You're not actually creepy. I'm, 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 we I'm, love you. Great. I'm literally just playing into that hurtful stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please keep paying yeah. Cole's mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> my my first girlfriend was a twin, actually. Oh yeah. So you see. Oh, so you <laughs> you you can't hate twins because some <laughs> some of your friends are twins. See that that like that, that that was that was the a it's true and b that was the joke. I see how it is. Yeah. Jokes are always funnier when someone explains them. I know, right? Is uh, what I have found. That's why I do it uh, frequently and often. Uh, yeah. So. My 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 girlfriend is is nodding at me. Uh, which I'm going to take as confirmation that I should continue to explain all jokes uh, at all times. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs up. So um, Jake <laughs> and Benny dog. arguing with each other. Big, big dog. Thumbs up, big dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eddie and Susanna, they, they sleep together one last time. Uh, Eddie, Eddie yeah. is, is, is a little bit hesitant because of uh, because, because of, of her condition. Demon baby. <laughs> Yeah, um, and then and then oh, uh, yeah. Roland and Rosalita continue to have uh, very sweet and heartwarming grandparent sex, which is which is great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of one of the few sex scenes in uh, at least in Stephen King that that doesn't skeeve me out at least a little. Yeah, um, and it's just very nice. It's like yeah, it's, aw, ding ding ding. Guess what? We end this book. Rosalita's alive and well. 
I don't want to spoil it too much, but like this is the one woman that Roland sleep, sleeps with who doesn't immediately die. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, good on her. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so now we're going to get to, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the book, the, uh, very undignified death of Andy, because if you're going to do anything, oh, it's so uh, good. If, 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 if there's any death that he deserves, it is to be, uh, killed with logic in a porta pot. Um, it is, it is one of the most satisfying and, and Stephen King is someone who, who can write a fucking death scene. For any character, no matter how much you love or hate them, that will elicit an emotional response. <laughs> and this is this this is at least I, I have not read all of Stephen King because I'm a, a human with a limited amount of time on Earth. Yeah, weirdly, but, he writes them um, faster than I can read them. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it makes no sense. Uh, but th I, I would say with confidence that this ranks among the most satisfying <laughs> death scenes he has ever written so good it is it is so earned and like what's great about it is there's an attempt at pathos in this like and you know, yeah <laughs> king, king knows what he's doing like like but 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 it is very much like no fuck you <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> um so so i love this it, it's it, it's eddie and t and jaffords and then rosalita's kind of hanging around uh hanging back watching uh they arrange this ambush in rosalita's privy you know she's got this very well-built outhouse you know that is always well stocked with uh with with with, with soft grasses you know for for for, for cleaning up um the and, the, the two shells <laughs> yeah the two shells sorry I, I, is that a specific reference to a thing or is it just to the a, idea oh that's that's a that's a demolition man reference oh shit I mean, usually i'm on I'm right <laughs> on top of those is the thing huh <laughs> so, oh man yeah that's a good, if, if you have not watched that movie in a while that is worth a rewatch you know, about like five years probably that's probably yeah that's a really it's, good, it's a good movie oh uh, yeah so. <laughs> But this is going to be the scene, uh, or it's, it's going to be the site of this very comical, but also kind of frightening scene because Eddie takes Andy into his confidence saying like, Hey, uh, we're going to need you to come to this porta pot. This is where we, we, we've got some stuff stored here. Nobody can, nobody can hear I, about this. I, Cole, I, I have to, I have to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I know I've mentioned before on, on this show that I am, I am ethnically Ohioan. Uh-huh. But I've I was I'm born and raised in in the the Chicagoland area, right? And I've noticed this, this is the third time I think that you have said porta pot. Okay, is that is that an Ohio thing? That's that's what we call them porta potty. Yeah, porta -pot potty. Yeah, yeah, porta pot, porta potty. Yeah, uh, I use I, just, I use them interchangeably. What what do you say? Porta potty. Oh, I just porta porta pot. It's just not something that I recognize. Huh. I, I don't know. Is that I, just a is that just a, a Midwestern thing that Chicago dodges? Yeah, it's possible. I think maybe I think maybe Porta Pot's the brand name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's there's a number of companies that make them. My my personal favorite being Honey Bucket. Oh yeah, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, um, the the, the um, in, in Cincinnati, most of the most of the porta pots, most of the porta pots you see are made by a company called Rumpkey. You know, like oh, Rump Rumpkey. That's yeah. good. It's very good. Yeah. No, huh? Yeah, I I, maybe maybe that's just one of those gaps in in my own 
worldly experience. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so wait. So there's a tweet your tweet your thoughts at uh, at Brayton JC. Yes, at Brayton. Let him know. (laughs) Let him know. So I I think that I got I think I got down to this. So did 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 a search for porta pot. Did you mean porta potty? Um, on the first page, there are a couple of links to a company in um, in Mansfield, Ohio, where I where I grew up and current currently live. Oh, um, okay. That 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 is called porta pot as opposed to like a porta potty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but 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 yeah, porta porta potty porta pot. Anyway, what we've got inside of there is a bunch of guns from New York, a bunch of guns from our level of the tower. We can't carry them all. We need a big strong robot like you to help us to help us haul them. Uh, so Andy says, ah, yes, add me ro- ro- robot arms for guns. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and, and he, 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 he gets a snoot in there real good. He says, like, I do, mm-hmm. I, I do not see, I do not see guns, Eddie. Um, and, he, and, and he's like inside, inside this, in, in, inside this out, outhouse. And, you know, Eddie says, well, you probably don't see him because your eyes are too busy betraying this entire town. You big walking tin can piece of shit. Um, and, and then, so, yeah, and then Eddie, Eddie shoots him in the fucking eye. <laughs> he shoots his eyes out. Those, the, the, those, those uh-huh. fucking obnoxious glowing blue eyes that flash, flash, flash. Every time he laughs without even laughing at you, just knowing, hate, the, hate him so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, Andy starts losing his shit as one would screaming. Yeah, I'm blind. Actually, I'm blind. I can't. That actually see- seems very reasonable. Yeah, like I'm blind, I'm blind, I'll never see again. Like code 7, code 7, like it's <laughs> it, 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 it's it's rough. And so he, he goes into a flailing rage and all that really happens is he gets uh he gets tangled up in the porta potty walls. And so, you know, Eddie, knowing that he cannot <laughs> he, he cannot finish off this uh steel man that is powered by nuclear cells, um he reads Andy's serial number and decides to, you know, give the shutdown command. Uh, it looks for a moment like he's going to self-destruct. Meanwhile, like he is trying to figure this out while Andy is blaring uh, a siren that is louder than anything he's ever heard, even in blood. Um, and Eddie concludes, okay, if 19 is not the, uh, is, is not the password, then the final part of that poem we saw in the lot, you know, Oh, Susanna Mio, divide a girl of mine, Dunparker rig and the Dixie pig in the year of, Dot, dot, 1999. dot. 1999. Yeah. So a four digit numeral password, not necessarily the most secure thing, but Eddie says it and, you know, gives a shutdown order. Um, Andy's small voice, you know how there's little Blaine and big Blaine? Little mm-hmm. Andy begs for his life, saying, like, hey, my nuclear cells are down. If you power me down, I won't power back up. Eddie says, well, that's your problem. Goodbye. And <laughs> so he starts powering down. <laughs> And then they bury him under the porta potty. Yep. <laughs> like like Tian says, I'd oh, probably make a good coat rack. I oh, said, no, Andy, need, Andy needs to be buried in shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. And everybody knows, the entire town knows that Andy fucking went down uh, like, 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 like an elevator. Uh, just because, you know, because like, you know, it, he, he, does, he doesn't even die with dignity. His shutdown is, no. shutdown is 1% complete. Shutdown is... Two percent just blared like Roland can hear oh. it across the town when over overholster comes to see him. Yeah, it's 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 not just undignified; it's 
actively obnoxious and it's <laughs> absolutely beautiful. It's a fitting tribute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh so, man. Do anyway, you, do you have any final anyway, thoughts we... or eulogies for Andy? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck that guy. Let's get to the good part. <laughs> Screw him. Oh man. Uh, so Overholzer comes to Roland and says, Hey, I feel really bad for fighting against you. You made a good point. I mean, you know, we, we can do this. I want to change my ways. How can I help? And this takes us into the wolves. This is the action. And this is the five minutes. Uh, and it's where everything kind of comes to a head, uh, where we get the, uh, the, the, the seven samurai moment. Uh, so they prep the battlefield. They've got this road, um, where the town people, where the townspeople have set up these ditch blinds full of the Ariza plates. Um, and the kids, they create like a false path of baby things, uh, kind of leading down to one of the arroyos that, uh, that, that Roland had, uh, that, uh, Roland had discussed down to those mines. Uh, yeah. meanwhile, the real one, kid, one of the, one of the fake locations. Yes. One of the, one of the fake locations. Uh, but the real hiding place is kind of going to be out in the open. The kids are going to be hiding in the corn, playing the game of don't touch the corn. You know, that classic, that, that classic childhood gasser, don't touch yeah. the corn, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> like who, who hasn't? Who hasn't played that game? <laughs> uh, this also gets us a confrontation between Roland and the Elder Slightman. Again, the turncoat, uh, the person who is, uh, you know, kind of responsible for selling out the entire town. Um, yeah. Ro Roland, Roland asks him if he would have killed Jake, and Ben says that he would have. Yeah. Was the right? Which, it was the right answer. If, if, yeah. If, if ben, yeah, because Roland Roland knew the answer before he asked that question. Yeah. If, and uh, if, if, I, if I think he, if he if Ben would have would have not told the truth, it would have ended much worse for him. Yeah. I mean, Roland Roland basically said to himself, you know, if he if he tells the if he says the wrong thing, I'll shoot him right here. Yeah. Um. But we get some like a real dressing down. You know, Roland yeah. condemns him, you know, for taking glasses. You know, Roland says, hey, I can't really I can't really speak as to betrayal. I have betrayed, you know, any number of people on the way to the tower in the name of the tower, including my own son. But what makes us different is you have these you have these glasses. You're you're a fucking sellout. Used to be cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Used to have cred. <laughs> Um, but we also, I don't, so, I don't remember it going exactly like that, but yeah, more or less. Yeah. 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 Uh, give, give, give or take a few words. <laughs> yeah. The, the, there's something I don't have in the notes, notes here, but there, we, we, we get some exposition as to what's happening. Um, you know, the elder Slightman knows just enough of what the wolves are after. He says, Hey, there's something in the brains, um, of the, of these twins that needs to be harvested and turned into food for these people called breakers, these psychics who are, you know, way out to the east, uh, who are working to break something, uh, and they they need this brain food, like literal food for their brains, made of twins' brains, um, <laughs> in order to power yeah, and power their abilities. If you're if you are one of the like six or seven people. Uh, who saw the Dark Tower movie, uh -huh. then you saw Breakers in action. You did. That's a thing that you should put right at the very beginning. <laughs> Literally the beginning of your movie. God. Uh, 
bad fucking move. Yeah. But Roland pretty much jumps <laughs> in like, yeah, they're, they're, they're breakers. They're trying to break the last two towers of the beam or the last two beams of the tower. Sorry. Um, and, 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 and Slightman's like, wait a minute, the tower's real. Like, yeah, you're, 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 you fucking are helping on make reality a piece of shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, then, uh, we, we actually get to see the wolves and shockingly, they are not zombies with gills in their chests no um and rolling at all rolling waits until it's way too late for anybody to um for anybody to change the course of the battle and you know like as they see the cloud of dust descending on them roland's like uh jk guys they're not zombies they're actually robots you don't need to aim for the heads you need to aim or you don't need to aim for the chest you need to aim for the heads they have thinking caps just like those robots in the clearing with shardick (laughs) Yep. <laughs> which um is why when they were testing the ladies with the arises with the, you know with the plates they had the sharp roots or whatever but they placed the smaller like the potatoes on top of it uh so that basically training them to hit a small thing on top of a head um almost like they knew what they were doing uh yeah <laughs> so um and like these people they perform admirably holy shit yeah this- it kicks ass the sisters it's of horizon do a really good job this is a very short yeah. battle scene like it's you know kind, kind, kind of it low on detail probably is about five minutes if, if, if that like it's yeah. it's protracted a little bit jake is unable to get back to the main group to help out uh right away because uh, one yeah, of the he and, he and kids, benny are helping yeah he, he, yeah he and benny are helping one of the kids who whose leg gets stuck and, and is in a, a bad situation yeah um uh, and then Susanna finds herself in a I would say worse situation. Yeah, because her water breaks like right as you're like well, right as the battle's about to begin. And remember she's yeah. the, she's the one who is the best with these. Like she has perfected this dual throw technique. Um and basically she says we need to do this job, you know, if you give me a stay of execution on this, if you delay, um I'll, you know, I'll help you. Like we'll we'll do whatever we can to get this to get this baby out of you or me or however this works, um, and the deal yeah, is which is that's um, I don't I still don't know if if that was a, a good deal or not. It was good for the Kala. Um, it yeah, was, it like was, big picture. <laughs> it was it was definitely very good. Uh, uh, maybe maybe for stopping uh, other people from dying. Um, I forget, yeah. I forget who exactly she goes. Just let's stop for a moment. This possessed woman who is in the middle of labor, uh, is still a ruthless killing machine. That is badass. <laughs> um, yeah. So the actual fighting, like we said, is very short. Uh, the wolves as expected come armed with, um, light swords, and with Sneeches, these, you know, oars that they throw that home in on people and blow them up. Again, turn, to, turn, turn them speaking, to stew. Speaking speaking of on the nose. <laughs> I, I like this. I, I, I'm, I'm so, I, I like it, but I hate it. <laughs> because... The, the, the latter part of you is the pop, is, is, is the common opinion of that. Yeah, I'm. 
so they're called sneeches, and they're these balls that fly around and um, resemble, uh, I, I would say, like approximately resemble, if anyone has read the Harry Potter series of uh, books and book-related paraphernalia, the Golden Snitch. Mm. Uh, except for the part where I don't recall the golden snitch in, in Harry Potter Quidditch turning anyone into stew. It only happens during a tie. It's, it's been a while since I've read those books, but yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, but so they, they find one of these sneeches and it literally says Harry Potter model on it. Mm-hmm. It's a North, it's a North central positronics creation. Uh, and it like, I mean, it, of it, course, of course, obvi- this is all North central positronics. Of like course. fucking obviously it's North central positronics, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but I just love that they're, that, that they are pulling ideas and crediting them. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. To their credit, they did. They like, like they, they, they did credit the inspiration. <laughs> So I guess I guess North Central Positronics yeah. technically would be like a and like they're they're all right as as a, as far as companies go. The, 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 there there are two things that I love about this that Harry Potter exists in this world, you know, just like any number of other cultural things have bled through. I don't I don't think um, uh, an idea from Harry Potter bleeding through is any more ridiculous than Hey Jude being in book one. You know, 20 years before this one came out. Um, Second off, I love that it is from a time when none of our main characters recognize what it is. <laughs> like, every, I do like that. Yeah, every, everybody was pulled, you know, decades before Harry Potter actually became a thing. And, you know, like, I guess the, my, go ahead. My, the, the only reason that I, I kind of push back against this is that Wolves of the Cow came out from what, 2001? 2003 okay i i was thinking it was like 2000 or 2001 and no. I, the first harry potter book came out in i think 1999 I, for, I, I forget yeah it was it was like 98 or 99 it was uh around then mm-hmm. and it, it just seemed like a little bit a little bit too of the time mm-hmm even though, like, obviously Harry Potter has become this massive cultural touchstone that, like, in in hindsight, like, that's actually a pretty good reference. And I, I do – I hadn't really thought about that literally no one in the book would understand what it's a reference to. Yeah, they think it's a comic because because the other stuff is from comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. The original, the original you, Harry Potter you convinced me at least a little bit. I'm... <laughs> the, the the original Harry right. Potter came out in uh, in 1997, um, and oh. you know by by the time this book came out, it was already like the most popular thing in the entire world. Yeah, I, I guess like 97 to 2003, like that's okay. Yeah, you've um, you've convinced me. Yeah, the the the, the fifth Harry Potter I'm book came out the same year that this one did. Uh, yeah, fuck it. All right, I'm on board. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but Eddie uh just fabulously he you know he manages to get a hold of some of these and he uses them like he figures out how to how to deploy them so he turns their own yeah. their own medicine back on them. They are so successful in this that there are only two casualties. Um the yeah. fir- the the first one um sadly Margaret Eisenhart um, I think she like bent, she drops something and bends down. And when she comes back up, she's decapitated by one of the light swords. Her hair even catches mm-hmm. fire. This so horrifies young Benny Slightman, uh, that he panics. He loses his composure, um, and runs from Jake's side. Uh, Jake is only able to shoot one of the sneeches that heads for him out of the air. Uh, the other one ends up hitting Benny and basically blowing up and blowing him up and turning him into uh, stew inside of his clothes. Uh, basically, it is yeah. a Benny a Benny pot pie. Um, and yeah, <laughs> think about the uh, it's it's a little bit on the nose, but I still appreciate tragic irony. Uh, the 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 one the one person or the the <laughs> um. Elder Sleipman, he tried to sell out the entire town to save his one kid, and it turns out the one person he was trying to save is the only person who died. Yeah. Yeah. And Jake is shaken Which, by this. Yeah, understandably. Yeah. But... Like, it's that's a bummer scene. Yeah. It's it's his friend. There, the, the, there was no reason... No reason for him to die. The the wrong kid died. By which I mean the the kid, the the kid, the wrong person. The you, Dewey Dewey Cox's brother. You mean? Yes. Yeah. The um. Yeah. You know, <laughs> people like that movie, right? I I literally cannot tell you how many times I've watched that movie. It is okay. Absolutely wonderful. I'm I I am I am vindicated. Um. If uh, if 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 anyone has not watched Walk Hard. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, or if you haven't and maybe didn't quite care for it, mm-hmm. there's a, a crucial piece of understanding that is is key to my love for that movie, which is that the directors wanted that what they wanted to make a movie with literally no subtext. <laughs> that is very accurate. I like that. I, I... so so everything is spoken aloud. Every, <laughs> every thought that every character is having is spoken. Mm-hmm. Nothing is implied. Nothing is left to the imagination. It's uh, it's it's there, it's typified by Tim Meadows' character, right? Like, like just straight yeah. straight up just describing um, <laughs> describing the drugs and what they'll do. Yeah. Well, there's I there's there's a scene, and and not to go off on too much of a tangent, but there's a a scene where uh, after the wrong kid dies, uh, Dewey's mother tells him to go to the store. And buy a candle, and then says, "We're gonna burn a candle tonight." <laughs> okay. Which isn't funny unless you know that they are specifically writing a movie with zero subtext. At which point, it becomes God. fucking hilarious. It's been a while since I've seen that. I, I really need to open that back up with that particular piece of knowledge. Yeah, it's extremely, extremely good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So we're in the aftermath of the battle. Um, they're going around finishing off whatever wolves and horses are still left. Uh, Mia takes over and yeah. basically escapes under escapes in the cover of the chaos with yeah, as, Susanna's as body. As per the deal that Susanna maybe um, unwittingly struck, but she didn't, struck. she didn't read this. She didn't read the fine print. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elder Sleipman, um, upon recognizing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a note. In, in the yeah. show notes here. Autocorrect. Uh, there's a, a really good autocorrect typo yeah. that I feel like is actually very fitting, which is the Elder Slight Man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, yes. the Elder Slight Man. <laughs> Uh, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's Benny is dead, uh, but picks up his hand and starts trying to blame Rollins. Uh, but they're like, all right, well, you know, if you want to play it like this and they quickly, <laughs> if you, yeah, if you want to go there, we can fucking go there. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've bought a house there. Um, yeah, they're not having any of it and they managed to manage to turn yeah. that around. Meanwhile, yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, the, the Eisenhart husband, he is you know, obviously distraught. He's, you know, horrified yeah. at this. Um, Jake smokes his first cigarette, you know, just to yep. come down from the shit that he has seen. And Eddie and Jake kind of bond over the pop culture that they just experienced because <laughs> in a, in a really weirdly like sweet, but also sad, but also funny, but also harrowing scene. Yeah. Because like the, like they're, they're they're talking about it. they both know the answer, but they're asking it as questions just to kind of confirm their own confirm the reliability of their own perceptions, right? Yeah, you know, like Jake Jake he 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 checked out before um, Star Wars came out, like he, he he missed that, but he still saw the preview, so he knows what a lightsaber is. Eddie and he confirm that, um, and also they point out that the wolves with their green with their green hoods and their black boots and their metallic faces. Well, I'll be damned if that ain't Dr. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think anybody specifically calls it out in this book. I think it might be called out specifically later, uh, but they have just gone through seven samurai or the magnificent seven, like exactly. Oh fuck. Yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> and so, like, this is very important. It is not just, you can call it a gimmick if you want. Uh, as gimmicks go, this is fairly substantial in terms of the way this back trilogy is going to go because the power of fiction over reality um, is pretty much the territory that we're wandering into. So, the fact yeah. that everything is so influenced by just this general culture iconography um you know a mechanization up to and including things that they have never seen yet such you know such as harry potter um that is um going to be very important for these you know for for the rest of the series i i don't really have anything to add there like yep <laughs> so uh the book proper this chapter ends with basically saying like oh man like yeah uh you sure did a bunch of killing we hope you get to leave real soon uh, but nobody knows where Susanna went and they realize, well, um, shit, we took our eye off of her. We knew this, this would probably happen. She has gone to the cave, taking us to the epilogue, uh, the doorway cave. This epilogue is very important and it leads us right into, um, uh, the song of Susanna. Uh, Mia was in yeah. such a hurry that she ruined the wheelchair. She took the wheel off true. Uh, but somebody probably Andy left her a scoot scoot. Yeah, which that's just a real good visual. <laughs> I love this thing. This like it ends up being like the thing that makes the it, it's the thing that makes book seven possible. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but when they get to the cave, uh, the door is closed and the power is gone. It's just a door. 
the voices yeah. are still there though. Eddie instantly uh, recognizes Rhea, Rhea of the Coost haunting him over the fact that his wife has gone and the baby will probably eat her. Yeah, because that's that's a real Rhea move. Yeah. Like she would love that. Mm. A meat eating baby? Yeah. Kind of kind of yeah. her bag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um and so so then the book the book ends on a very um I guess I would say polarizing note. Yeah, polarizing I think is appropriate. Uh or or at the very least uh something that that leads us right into one of the most polarizing aspects of the entire series. Yeah. Uh which is and I know that we've alluded to this but um shit gets real self-referential in just about a second. Yeah, so it's not because uh it's not just enough that yeah. Cal- you know Callahan and you know Salem's lot exist in the same multiverse, right? And and yeah. we've we you know it's kind of one of the main underpinnings of the show that things that happen in other Stephen King books um also exist and you know are influenced by what's going on here, right? Yeah, like standard standard multiverse shit. Yeah, the thing but, that is not necessarily alluded to is, or it's never outright hey, stated until hey, now. Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? We're in the same multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also the creator of this multiverse is in this multiverse as well. Stephen King is in yeah, his own books. Because the book that Roland found is fucking Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Whoa, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, like Callahan opens up the book and reads reads his thoughts uh exactly you know the, the 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 thoughts that were going through his head when he was giving the funeral to the small boy the the, the boy who died in uh salem's lot that kind of uh set the entire thing off um yeah. you know they 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 flip forward to the encounter with barlow uh callahan never told anybody about mr flip about his own personal boogeyman that he had as a kid uh but it's there on the page um Callahan is a fictional creation. He feels derealized. That same feeling that Eddie went through toward the beginning of the book, that feeling of 19, uh, you know, of dissociation. Part of that, uh, that is a manifestation of, you know, the the reality of their fiction. Uh, sorry, their reality and their reality as fiction kind of colliding, you know, wearing up against each other. They saw the name Stephen King when when they went Todash. None of them saw like Stephen King doesn't exist in any of their native worlds. <laughs> but yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger, and they need to find a way to aim the door and open it again to chase after Susanna. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> that's that. That is much of the controversy surrounding the back portion of this series yeah um is that stephen king wrote this massive eight book epic that in involves and incorporates a staggering amount of his other fiction uh and then just wrote himself right into it yeah um and you know whether or not it works whether or not it works well, mm, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we, we later. We we, we 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 can arrive at it. Um, I want to be very, yeah. I want to be very very upfront, just so people uh people know where I stand on this. Um, you you don't have to do likewise unless you, unless you want to. I like this. I I dig the metatextual element of this. It's one of the main reasons why I love this series very much. I loved the series even even before this happened. When this happened, I was like, oh shit. 
I hated it the first time I came to it. Mm-hmm. And the more that I read these books, the the more it works. Okay. Um, I, I still do kind of regard that particular choice with, um, I guess with, with a little bit of side eye, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and the, the closer we get to the end of the series, there's, there's more and more that kind of, I, I'm less sure about, mm-hmm. but, um, but overall, like it's, it's, I think a, a, a questionable choice, but I think it works. It's reasonable. Um, so any final thoughts about this section of the book or about this book in general, Evan? Um, honestly, my, my main takeaway from finishing this section of the book is that I forgot that this is where the book ends because, (laughs) uh, I, I think I mentioned when we started talking about this book that, uh, Wolves of the Kala and Song of Susanna both just kind of blend into each other in a lot of ways. Like, like it's, it's always hard for me to remember where one ends and the other begins. Right. Um, but like this, and and I think part of why I didn't remember that this is where the book ends is because it is such a slow build to such an intense bout of action. And then it just stops. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it is, it is a very good way to end a book. think so. Man, I'm happy Andy's dead. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck He's the guy. worst. Yeah, He's um, the absolute worst. <laughs> Spe- speaking, speaking in general, though, I, I always fixate on Andy in, in 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 this book. The you know the unraveling mystery of what's going on to the east of the river Y, um, and what's going on in Thunderclap. I think all of that is very cool. That more comes into its own. You know, obviously in the in, in the next two books. The Kala is interesting, but I think Andy ties it all together. Andy is a very, very good villain. Uh, he, I, think oh, he, yeah. I think he's a good, he's a very good echo of, of Blaine. <laughs> um, and yeah. Um, yeah, I just say he, he, he works incredibly well for me in this. So uh, yeah, that, 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 I, that's what I'm, always I'm stands out. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of, of Andy. And, and I also just, I, I love the visual of a, bunch of lightsaber wielding Dr. Dooms. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. I love it. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so just profoundly like adolescent nerd <laughs> fantasy. And I love it. I, I yeah. love that Stephen King was like, what's what's the dumbest collision of pop culture villainry that I can shove together? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go with it. Yep. It's so good. I, I it's oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and especially with like such a build and so much mystery on around what they are, yeah. And and so much like like fear and mystique and all this stuff. And it's it's a bunch of Doctor Dooms with lightsabers. Yeah, on on mechanical and horses. That, and that doesn't make it less that doesn't make them less scary or less effective as monsters, but mm-hmm. it's like when you step back and think about it, it's just gloriously stupid. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so that is the Wolves of the Kala, the uh the 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 intervening season here. 
Um, we're going to be covering Bag of Bones and From a Buick 8, and then getting into uh, Song of Susanna uh, after that. Thank you so much, Evan, yeah. for joining us. Um, Thank you for having me, Cole. Yeah. Where can people find you online? You can find me on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mr. Underscore Harder, all spelled out, uh, M-I-S-T-E-R, and I Harder doesn't usually get abbreviated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's most of it. Uh, or if you are in the Chicagoland area, the Saturday before Halloween, which is, I believe, October 27th, um, I'm going to double check that real quick. Yeah, October 27th, which is uh, a month from today that we are recording this. Hmm. Uh, there, uh, There is a Halloween show at the Beat Kitchen in Chicago, and I will be playing a set as Sad Paul Stanley as Andrew WK. <laughs> That's the, the um, that is that is incredibly meta. I don't totally know what that's going to look like yet, but if you're around <laughs> Chicago, you should come find out with me. Yeah, g- g- give them the uh, the location and uh, date and time again. Yeah, it is uh, Saturday, October twenty seventh at the Beat Kitchen in uh, in Chicago, Illinois, and I am opening the show at uh, theoretically eight o'clock. Cool, and um, it's going to be real dumb <laughs> um yeah so you can find me at cole ross on twitter that's k-o-l-e-r-o-s-s you can also find me on other shows here on duckfeed.tv if you're in the pacific northwest uh gonna remind you that i will be uh with gary Butterf- butterfield also of duckfeed and several shows at the portland retro games expo on october uh 20th and 21st we're gonna have Super Smash Brothers Melee set up at the booth, and we're going to be doing a panel about playing games wrong. Uh, in what way that are you enjoying so games fun. against? Their... Yeah, it's it's gonna be a good time. <laughs> oh man, I one of these years I want to make it out for that because every single time it sounds so much fun. It's a good time. I like it quite a bit. Uh, snuck up on me this year just because we've been very busy, but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. We, we would love we, we would love to to to, to meet you. Um. Otherwise, though, yeah. I want to keep the admin short. Leave ratings. Yeah, reviews. I want to. I want to oh. give a, a quick, a quick shout out to um, Walk Hard <laughs> and to and to Big Dog Clothing mm-hmm. for sponsoring this episode. Correct. Um, and uh, also, you know, if if you haven't listened to Abject Suffering, give that one a shot. It's fun. Oh yeah, it is fun. Uh, have some laughs c- c- come on over it is it is very yeah. di- it is very digressive yeah uh i i, I you know i I, th- I think you would enjoy it if you like it when we go off topic uh yeah. and also if you like hearing uh, a, a little bit about bad games yeah <laughs> cool i think digressive is the right word for that show <laughs> cool all right well take care everybody and until next time long days and pleasant nights <laughs>